Hi, and welcome to the Prelude Podcast, where we talk about all things weddings and help you get down the aisle. I'm Megan, your co-host of the Prelude Podcast. And I'm Maggie, your other co-host of the Prelude Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about things to consider when choosing your wedding photographer. We probably have seen so many different opinions out there. I feel like this is a more common wedding topic to go over, but we wanted to kind of go through our advice and what we've seen from our couples as far as questions to ask them, things to think through when picking out who's going to be the best fit to capture your wedding day. Yeah, and I think it's a hard topic in a sense because it is so so subjective. Mm-hmm. Like hyper-personal. Yeah. What you want. Yeah. You literally how you're physically reflected, like your actual photographs on one of the most important yeah. days of your life. And I'll say too... And I know this is before we get into all of the nitty gritty, but sometimes like I think that I have this vision of the photographer that's going to make sense for the style and the wedding Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. the couple is wanting to have. And what they want is the polar opposite. True, true. Which is always surprising to me. And on top of that, we'll get into this as well, but not everyone is visual or creative or knows how to talk about photos. I mean, just Mm -hmm. because we're on social media and you know I've been taking selfies for gosh well over a decade at this point doesn't mean we like know how to talk to a professional about how they do their craft or like what is the difference between photographer a versus photographer b right yeah it kind of just can bleed together and all look the same we're like package a and package b what's the difference what am I actually getting why am I paying more money I don't understand it Mm -hmm. Uh, how often do you think you get couples when you're inquiring with them and booking them and all that that already have a photographer booked how often do couples inquire and already have a photographer I want to say it's probably maybe 50-50 it depends kind of on what kind of wedding planning service they're looking for if they want full planning chances are they don't have a photographer booked there have been some full planning weddings who have had a photographer booked in that situation it's been more of like this is our family photographer who has photographed us for years and years and we want them to be part of our wedding yeah but for the most part if they're doing full planning they haven't booked a photographer before if it's partial planning or like a month of they usually do have their photographer already or have a photographer in mind agreed I probably have the same ratios and I think it just kind of makes sense if you're hiring and knowing you need a full service planner Mm -hmm. and gonna need all that help maybe you have a photographer in mind but you might not have booked them yet because you want your planner to help as much as possible which is very reasonable Mm -hmm. but yeah if you just need some sort of partial planning or coordination versus you know hands-on then they probably already booked you probably already have a couple of your major vendors booked at that point before you're booking mm-hmm. a partial planning or yeah. of coordination type of package yeah which I, I mean I do think it's interesting because I think I remember when I was even looking for a photographer I looked through so many yeah. I didn't necessarily reach out to all of them but yeah. I looked through so many And I think that it was like, once I started looking, when you're looking on Instagram, you know, you're going to get a ton more. So I also think that while it's one of those that I think couples are really eager to book first, if it's one of their priorities, which I feel like it is for most, slowing down is not a bad option just because Mm -hmm. you might book someone and then find others that you like more after that. I know that sounds bad, but... Yeah, well, also just... 
I, I agree. I think there's so much pressure, not even negative pressure, exciting pressure mm-hmm. to reach out to a photographer that you love. Maybe you've been following them before you got engaged and mm-hmm. really like their style. And, you know, one day when you get married, you would love for them to photograph. But if it's before you've really started thinking through other aspects of your wedding day, you're mm-hmm. making a really big decision yeah. pretty quickly and it can affect a bunch of other decisions down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as we see couples wanting to prioritize their photographer, we do want to kind of start with a few cautions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're booking your photographer first or even early on before you have some of these other things figured out, mm-hmm. then just realize you might be running into a few compromises that you have to make about other decisions. Yeah. Which is fine, I think, if, if yeah. that's your top priority and you want everything else to center around that one specific photographer. True, true. And you, we all know, you do have your photos forever, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And you're going to cherish those and look back on those versus a lot of other vendors. Yeah. It might not matter as much. The few things we would caution about booking a photographer earlier on or even as your first vendor, the biggest the biggest thing is your budget. We touched on this in episode five, but yeah. thinking through your budget and prioritizing or what your priorities are and how your budget's going to break down into those different percentages or ranges is so crucial. And so if you book a photographer, even before you have a venue, much less other mm. crucial vendors, you're potentially already compromising on the actual budget and cost of other vendors. Yeah. Part of that too, which we again dive deeper in episode five, but part of that is your guest count. So if you don't really know your budget for your wedding day, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't even had those, you know, potentially tough conversations with whoever is contributing to your budget. Mm-hmm. And then you also don't know your guest count. I mean, every time you add what, like, what's this phrase, like 50 people, like that's going to drastically change Change. if you go from 50 to 100, 100 to 150, and so on. That's going to drastically change so many quotes from your vendors, from Mm -hmm. invites, hair and makeup, table decor, florals, catering, bar. I mean, it affects almost all of your vendors. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, with all that said, I do think, and I'm curious to have you answer this and me answer it separately and see if our numbers are about the same. But I think that at some point they're kind of kind of is like a market average of what a photographer is going to cost in each area. Yeah. Granted, you can always find like the newer, younger photographer who's going to charge less. And I don't think that's a bad way to go necessarily. I think looking at like their albums will kind of tell you like if you feel like it's going to be okay or if it's not. But what would you, what would you say in Chattanooga specifically, your impression of like an eight hour average photographer package is, and then what is your impression of that for the general US average? Mm, Okay. Yeah. I'd say like eight hours, second shooter, just like a pretty standard wedding package. It doesn't come with a bunch of bells and whistles or like Mm -hmm. videography team included or anything like that. Like just cut and dry. Um, and if they have a handful of years of experience, whatever that looks like, like mm-hmm. they know what they're doing at this point, they know how to price themselves. Yeah. I think I see a range from like maybe 3500 up to like 6000 I think that cost. Mm-hmm. That's a big range. It though. is a big range. Yeah. I do think, you know, we're coming off of this curve of 
insane amount of inflation. I think a lot yeah. of people between this year, 2023 and 2024, are going to have a huge, yeah, it's going to yeah. be a big difference. Yeah. But I think that's, if you're pricing yourself fairly based on your experience and your reputation, then you will be at that higher range mm-hmm. still offering the same service as yeah. someone that's maybe offering two or three grand. Mm-hmm. And then as far as a comparison to weddings I've worked like in Atlanta or in Charlotte uh, or Nashville or anything like that, for the same package, same experience, it is going to be not a huge jump, but it will be maybe five, but definitely like six to like eight yeah. grand. Yeah. Um, and again, eight hours, second shooter, pretty just cut and dry wedding package. I, and it's interesting because I think I would have said like average 3500 to higher 3000s I'd say is like average for Chattanooga. I feel like at yeah. least from what I have found. Granted every so often there are some from the greater Chattanooga Atlanta area that I have seen are more yeah. around that 5 to 6000, but I think that currently right now you still can find a great photographer in that like 3500 yes. range. Yeah, I think here. I agree. And for any of your vendors, what they are quoting you Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean they're more or less experienced. They yeah. know what they're doing. It's they're how they price themselves. Exactly. We all have to figure that out as vendors. Like you're constantly assessing you yeah. know, the market, your comps, uh, <laughs> what you offer, what you don't offer. I feel like a lot of vendors in general tend to price themselves annually. Yeah. So the the price you're getting, depending on when your wedding is and what they're quoting you now, mm-hmm. you know, if it's 3000 versus 6000 yeah. you know, they might change their prices. Yeah. I mean, even when I got married in 2019, so I booked my photographer in 2018, back okay. then for eight hours, one shooter, we didn't have a second shooter. She, I think we paid 2500 Yeah. Okay. And then I saw her about two years after we booked. Now there are husband and wife photo video team and then that was I think like 2020 I think she said they would not do weddings for under 10 grand now you know and of course they're traveling for Mm -hmm. all their weddings but from what I've seen recently I would be surprised if their package is under 15 I don't know what they charge right now but so it is interesting to because it does change frequently. I think a lot of times it changes on how high their demand is, mm-hmm. the kinds of weddings they start doing, and then what their following is as well. True. But then I I've seen some photographers who I think have decent followings and they don't price as high as others. Yeah. And agree. I'm always surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And again, it depends on what the budget is important, but looking at that number as you know judging a book by its cover if you will Mm -hmm. isn't the sole thing it's really truly if that budget is within your range Mm -hmm. and ideally if you've kind of looked at your overall budget and what all your money is going towards right (laughs) but if that photographer is within your budget and they're offering an amazing package and they're a great fit for you which we're gonna get into what that can look like Mm -hmm. but that's really what matters it doesn't really matter if oh they seem too low right or maybe they seem a little bit too high if they're a really great fit for you on the day yeah and they're offering the type of package that makes sense for your wedding day yeah then pull the plug that sounds like a great fit I'm also 
very curious if anyone's listening and they're not based in the U.S. or in the South. I'd love for them to just like DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram to know like what are the ranges that they're finding in their areas. Mm -hmm. And this is just me thinking from like, have you seen those in those YouTube videos where it's like, what do you make? You know, what is your salary? What is your (laughs) net worth? Whatever it is. And if you listen like U.S. versus like London, Europe, Mm -hmm. what people make is so different. So I'm sure that Mm -hmm. what we're talking about right now, while this is like U.S., this is in the Chattanooga area mainly that we're talking about. I'm sure it's so different if you're getting married, you know, in Europe somewhere or even what region of Europe or what region in the U.S. you're getting married in. So very curious to learn more about others outside of our area that are just not the U.S. average. Yeah. And we we probably should have prefaced this. We're both kind of coming from a place of, I guess, like a typical Southern American wedding. So Mm -hmm. you have anywhere from like 75 to 300 guests. Mm -hmm. You're still having like a full day of events coming from a place of like that's what the timeline looks like that's what the budget is going to go towards Mm -hmm. versus I mean especially since COVID we've seen this huge wave of weddings that are elopement style micro wedding style destination style all three of those in Mm -hmm. one so the photography price exactly like we're saying for your wedding photographers since they travel that quote is going to be drastically different than a local photographer. Mm -hmm. If you're hiring a photographer that's in your area that probably has shot at your venue countless times that knows what their uh, market is, Mm -hmm. how they price themselves is going to just naturally come from a different place than a photographer who does travel and destination weddings, which I don't know about you, but I've worked with a ton of travel destination wedding photographers across the Southeast, uh, whether or not they're located in Chattanooga, but they'll come do a Chattanooga wedding Mm -hmm. or they'll be based here and still do a Chattanooga wedding or they'll travel elsewhere whether it's just elsewhere in the southeast west coast or even abroad and so how they're building that quote and depending on what's included in that quote and the services they provide is going to just naturally be so drastically different than someone who does primarily their local area correct So if you're in the process of looking for your wedding photographer, there are a few things that we think that you should consider before actually booking Mm -hmm. someone. Again, to just really emphasize budget. Just if this is a huge priority and the photographer that you're wanting is a little bit outside of your range, but you're willing to spend more money and therefore spend less money on other things, just make sure that is something you're okay with like think through if you're pulling x amount of money from flowers flowers decor potentially other vendors like how much you're going to be paying other vendors or even hiring other vendors like Mm -hmm. if you have a dream photographer and maybe you also wanted a videographer but your dream photographer is more than you were expecting right maybe you just cut your videography budget I mean I see that a lot that is common yeah I've had some couples who book photo and then book video later towards the end Mm -hmm. after they have a better idea of how video or how the overall budget is looking true like if sorry videographers (laughs) but I think they know that's a thing that sometimes they are the last one that yeah coming to exactly so to just keep all of that in mind because you don't know at the beginning exactly Mm -hmm. every detail every dollar amount you're starting to get all these quotes but just being mindful that this decision any of these 
major costly vendor decisions like photographer is going to just naturally affect and domino affect everything else yeah. in your planning process. For sure. What I would recommend after you kind of know your budget range for your photographer is searching based on style. Yeah. And that probably sounds super obvious. But again, if you're not hyper visual and this is very overwhelming and you don't know how to look at a photographer's Instagram and mm-hmm. tell what type of photographer they are. Yeah. What I actually do in my like respected vendor list that I send out for recommendations for clients is I have it listed from moodier style Mm -hmm. to like more like light airy and I say that on my doc that I sent out and so that way you already from the get-go at least for my clients like kind of know see the difference and then I'll you know help them break that down if they're you know able to show me a few reference photos of what they like Mm -hmm. then I can help send photographers at least style wise and if I know their budget you know budget Mm -hmm. wise too can kind of start funneling in that direction do you have any process like that when you help them somewhat not exact so I have my list and it kind of I mean to be honest it depends on the couple and what I gather personality wise Mm -hmm. sometimes they've had like some sort of Pinterest and I can look through and that might also include photo inspiration on it and so if I I'll sometimes ask Do you prefer more bright and airy or more moody, more portrait, more candids? And then I'll kind of suggest off of that list, but still send the full list. But depending on the couple, sometimes I like to actually send them the list and ask them to tell me who they like and dislike. Mm -hmm. And I just say that they don't need to book off my list if there's someone else they like. A lot of times they do like who's on the list. But I kind of like to collaborate in the narrowing Mm -hmm. it down just because I think that sometimes someone might think I want this moody wedding and I'm surprised when they then choose or gravitate towards us a photography style that's much more timeless bright and airy and I think even within the bright and airy there's still more portrait and Mm -hmm. traditional and more editorial as well true so even within all that I don't know Mm -hmm. so I guess to answer your question do I have a process yes but it kind of changes depending on who it is and how sure of themselves they seem to me Mm -hmm. so and I think a nuance to help break down too is within style how a photographer shoots how they edit is not only like the lighting and the color so Mm -hmm. whether if you look at the photograph and it's if it's moodier there's higher contrast harsher shadows really warm if it's like a golden hour photo it's going to be super glowy sunlit versus very light and airy it's not going to have as much saturation it's going to be very clean very bright maybe a little bit more blur yeah the blur trend but then within that if the photographer is more like contemporary modern trendy style of shooting Mm -hmm. they have noticed this you know blurry trend that a lot of people want this very like candid especially during the reception moment Mm -hmm. and they'll bring their film for their film uh camera to like capture blurry grainy photos Mm -hmm. versus photographers that don't like doing trends don't like latching on to whatever people are currently wanting they are really really good at timeless poses stuff Mm -hmm. that has been classic for decades and doing it really well 
So that's another nuance I'll try to ask my couples too of, you know, lighting color wise, maybe mm-hmm. darker, warmer to like light and airier. Yeah. Or, or on top of that, I guess, in addition, do you want more traditional post styled photos mm-hmm. or do you want it to be more documentary, candid? Yeah. Do you want to not really notice your photographer in your face? And like yeah. adjusting you and tweaking you. Like, do you want your photographer to tell you how to move your arms all day long, or do you want them to not be doing that? Because that is something you and I can probably tell more quickly just by looking mm-hmm. at a photographer's Instagram. Yeah. Versus somebody, especially if they don't really know how to talk about photography or what they're right. looking at. They just yeah. see pr- pretty photos. Or they're just looking at like what do the people look like in the photo? Because right. you can have when I say like you can have a variation of different timeless photos or of the timeless mm-hmm. photographer that are both bright and airy it's like the difference of how how much focus there is on that camera mm-hmm. versus the blur trend that you're talking about maybe we'll do some posts on instagram yeah. about this kind of showing the few examples but the like blur in the background i see as like i can't see what's naturally behind as clear versus mm-hmm. like that really trendy blur that looks like it's in motion and super artistic yeah yeah more artistic versus more timeless Mm -hmm. yeah like I think there's like a level of that focus I think it's a camera focus yeah obviously I'm not a photographer (laughs) but yeah and I think what you said too a bit ago about having your clients send you what they like and what they hate Mm -hmm. I do that too sometimes where I'm like I'm gonna send you this list based on you know recommendations that I think will be a good fit but if you hate all of them that's fine I'm not gonna make feelings mm-hmm. here I want to find a good fit for you yeah sometimes what you don't like can be more helpful exactly like yeah. you're looking at all these photos or all these photographers or whatever and you're like well I know I hate this that's another quick tip of trying to figure out how to word what you don't like about it and tell your planner or you know ask your photographer or talk to your partner about why do you hate this what about it do you not like that you don't want in your own wedding gallery right so I'd say after you figure out what kind of style of photography you really like the next most important aspect to consider I would say is if the photographer or photographer team is the right fit personality wise Mm -hmm. and the reason that I do say that is truly because I've had a couple in the past who has been so gung-ho and set on who they've wanted to book and I always recommend doing a zoom meeting Mm -hmm. or some kind of meeting just to make sure personalities click and I think this is different for every couple because everyone is very different in terms of how they carry themselves how comfortable they are in front of the camera but also how comfortable they are just in public and you know PDA (laughs) all that kind of stuff so I think that the personality of the photography team or photographer is important for the sake of it needing to be somebody that you're comfortable being there for the intimate moment, yes. for doing the first look, for making out while photos are being taken of you. <laughs> Under right? a veil, because, making out. <laughs> truly, I mean, that's kind of like how, can't. I mean, I don't want to say yeah. it's how good your album's going to turn out, True. but I think it is important in it. Because if you're not comfortable being more yourself or a little bit more intimate yeah, being in, in front of that person. with Like how you're in love with your partner. Yeah. 
Yeah. The one there's not really people around. Like, exactly. how do you show that love? Because I know PDA is all over the place for people, but I agree. Yeah. Like, you are you comfortable with, it? like, a, a man being there when you are in your robe and stepping in your dress? Like, maybe you are, and that's great, but not everybody maybe is. Not. Yeah. And I don't know. That That's kind of more my reasoning for it. And I think even, we kind of did touch about this, talk about this when we were critiquing our we- weddings in the episode where we critiqued our weddings, but you partially chose your photographer because you thought that it would be a good fit for your husband as well yes or she would be a good fit for your husband but I think keeping in mind like who fits into your crowd the more Mm -hmm. they fit in it's like they become part of the family or at least that's what you would hope Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah that's my thought no, I agree. And I think we have this like nuance of how we kind of advise our couples as far as starting with style or starting with personality. But in a lot of ways, they do kind of go in hand in hand because you almost you don't want either extreme. You don't want someone that's like the perfect fit style wise, not a good personality fit. Right. And then, you know, especially if you don't do, I agree with you, if you don't do a Zoom call or a FaceTime or even an in-person before you actually book that photographer mm-hmm. and if you don't do an engagement photo session that engagement photo session truly is like a trial for all of you to get comfortable with each mm-hmm. other I, mean, I, I didn't just, you didn't we didn't yeah. I, I think it's just because we didn't live yeah in the, same true. Area. Also in the area mm-hmm. but yeah I mean I, I agree though like I think mm-hmm. it is good for you to be able to feel comfortable and see how you work together and have that rapport going into the day you feel more comfortable because mm-hmm. you already know that photographer yeah like one of my upcoming clients they're more reserved and I know the photographer that's shooting for them really well and um she had asked about it because they had rescheduled their engagement shoot a Mm. couple of different times unfortunately because of weather yeah um and so I asked or the photographer asked me like anything I need to know like I just want to make sure since weather's good and we're finally able to do this engagement photo or engagement shoot and I just told him I was like they're really great. They're just very reserved. I mean, every time Mm -hmm. I've had a meeting with them, they've been so reserved, just their personality types, just they aren't as talkative, they aren't as expressive. So I was like, I don't know if that's going to come out in photos, but it, you know, maybe you'll be able to draw that out of them versus me having a meeting talking about like their tablescape. Right. Um, But I was like, sometimes they don't even like sit by each other. They're just like very, very reserved people. Mm. And she, the photographer texted me back and said like, thank you for telling me that. That was so helpful knowing going into the engagement shoot which I don't, that's not like a standard practice I do with my clients, but But, the photographer was able to uh, understand that going in. And if they're a good photographer that shoots a lot of weddings, they're going to be able to pick that up. I mean, within 10 minutes of, Mm -hmm. okay, this couple is more reserved or the opposite. This couple is all over each other. And like, that's great. But then how do I capture them? So it's not all these like sloppy white kisses everywhere. How do I capture it in a way that they want that matches? Like a balance of both. Exactly. And that whether or not, you know, if you're able to do an engagement session, schedule it, pay for it. It's a great child. If you're not, then yeah, I would say your, your zoom or your FaceTime or whatever with your photographer before booking is so crucial like talk to them and you know listen to your gut and ask them good questions like what's that vibe like because your photographer is going to be in your face Mm -hmm. on your wedding day more than once yeah and I'm going back to what I started saying about this part 
of aspects to consider. That couple that I mentioned that they were so gung-ho on that one photographer that they wanted, we ended up doing, I think, two or three different meetings with photographers. They completely changed their mind on who they decided to go Mm -hmm. with. And it was not even me pushing that on them. Not that that's what we do, but it wasn't really me giving my observation of what I noticed when we were on those calls. Mm -hmm. When I asked them, okay, who do you who would you like to go with have you made a decision it was we want to go with so and so we feel that they're a better fit for our personality yeah and I 100% thought that before we even did the meetings but it's something that they you just don't know until you like really you have a conversation with somebody so and I mean you know the reason couples even book photographers so early on without necessarily thinking about other things is because of this dynamic, this very intimate dynamic that mm-hmm. and pressure that wedding photographers have versus your caterer or even yeah. your florist or your even your videography team. I mean, like there's so much more pressure on a photographer to capture every single photo that you could possibly desire, but do it effortlessly and make sure it's natural. And all of, you know, all of these expectations that we have have on them unfairly arguably um whereas we don't have that with a bunch of other vendors mm-hmm. um you still might have high expectations and want those vendors to deliver and some of those vendors might be a higher priority to you than your photographer but just the nature of the job you're not going to know the nuance of you know, I don't know like say a caterer like you're not going to know every single detail about how they prep all their food all this stuff like you're ultimately just you know doing your food tasting deciding if you like that food yeah. if you like the menu if they're a great fit for you budget wise personality wise but you don't need to know the ins and outs but there's so much pressure to know the ins and outs for your photographer yeah. based on the nature of their job I mean they're, they kind of should be your best friend at the end of the wedding <laughs> day in a sense or True. you know that's kind of how I like to think yeah. it is whoever your photographer is should be somebody that you feel like you could be friends with mm-hmm. had you guys met in a different scenario. True. Like so, after your wedding, do you want to meet up with them for a coffee? Do you want to hire them again to capture other important moments in your life? Yeah. That is the ideal connection that you have with your photographer. And maybe you also have that connection with your caterer or florist or something like that. But mm-hmm. if you don't, that's also very normal. Everyone can do their yeah. jobs. Everyone can be professional. But I agree if, if you don't have that level of trust really trusting your photographer to deliver on what you're wanting then there's either going to be a miscommunication or maybe a little bit of disappointment yeah or yeah not necessarily in what the outcome of your gallery might look like necessarily Mm -hmm. but in I think how enjoyable your wedding day can be because you spend so many hours taking photos (laughs) like that is the part that you are spending as your hangout time during your wedding but it's just not going to be as necessarily fun true I think true so that's kind of my perspective on why the personality I would say is is important so let's say you thought through all these things you have a photographer that feels like they're going to be a pretty good fit and you need to kind of get you know those last pieces of information last vibe check to see if they're the best fit for you on your day Mm -hmm. uh we're going to kind of go through a few quick frequently asked questions or topics to kind of discuss with your potential potential photographer yeah Yeah, or at least you know your top one that you really need to lock in and seal the deal yeah what would be a first yeah I would I would say this isn't a most important but I think 
to have context around the first look or not doing first look and just hearing your potential photographer's take on it Mm -hmm. or thoughts is just always helpful when making that decision. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one that's definitely good to hear their perspective on. Yeah. Well, you've heard us talk about in a few episodes now how we think there's a lot more pros to having a first look. We are more than welcome to work with clients that don't want to do that. Uh, There's a lot of ways to make that efficient but Mm -hmm. how your photographer handles those Mm -hmm. how they structure their photography timeline their approach yeah and if one's more efficient or not or honestly some photographers will not do not a first look they'll only do first looks Mm -hmm. (laughs) so making sure to ask that I think is yeah critical to kind of get their insight that's such a good point yeah yeah and I mean kind of trailing off of that what they will do and not do obviously every photographer structures their packages different but really choosing a package that's going to be the right amount of hours for you or at least the Mm -hmm. minimum right amount of hours depending on you know your wedding timing like when is your ceremony when is your send-off all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff I think that's super important I usually recommend not doing less than eight hours of photography sometimes eight hours can even feel a little cramped right depending on how early your ceremony time is and how late your reception ends Mm -hmm. but I have had some couples that have done six hours and it's definitely doable sometimes they're having to give up something whether it's yeah you tend to compromise a lot yeah whether it's you know on the dance floor or getting ready but I think that's also really important just to at least talk through the Mm -hmm. talk through with the photographers but I would recommend usually at least eight hours yeah so and if you're still really early on in the planning process like you haven't even thought about what time you want to get married mm-hmm. or you're still maybe you're still deciding some other critical vendors to book I agree eight hours for you know again most typical American southern American wedding timelines that will get you detail getting ready photos through your send-off or pretty pretty close capturing all of that mm-hmm. now if you're thinking of having two venues like maybe a church yeah. ceremony and then a reception venue 10, 10 hours is a better well. fit yeah if you care a lot and your photographer is really good at flat lay and detail photos those take time those I will have photographers that need to schedule an hour to an hour and a half for those sometimes that's a long time and so if you're thinking about having those plus getting ready photos where you're all cute jumping on the bed and in your little pajamas and the guys are you know putting cufflinks on and all if you want those photos too mm-hmm. your photographer can't do both of those at the same time yeah and then if you're also wanting that photographer to truly capture your send-off not do a fake send-off like stay till the end of the night and do your send-off mm-hmm. I mean that's going to be a 10-hour package to 12-hour package so unless you're doing you know more of a intimate micro wedding maybe a backyard wedding where you don't have as much built into the day may I mean honestly we'd probably still both recommend eight hours because you're just getting your bang for your buck yeah. with that gallery I'll say like some micro weddings you know though they are fine with six hours yeah you know I think factors like do you have a wedding party do you not have a wedding party can also 
affect that mm. as well. Because if you have a 12 person wedding party versus a three or four person wedding party, that takes those, a long time. Yeah, it's going to change how much time really it's going to take to get yeah. through all your photos. Or family. Yes. Like, how big is your extended family? Again, yeah. you know, predicting who's going to be there or not. If you have a huge, complex extended family and you need to capture a bunch of different versions of photos, mm-hmm. it takes a long time to organize all those people. Yeah, definitely. Another quick question I would make sure to ask too is what to estimate as far as delivery time, that turnaround time from your wedding day to when you get the gallery. Right. And I would ask, I encourage my couples to ask within your wedding season. For example, in our area for years, for my whole career, fall season has been super popular in our area, especially October. Mm -hmm. If your wedding is September or like first weekend of October, you need to make sure to ask your photographer what their turnaround time is because I can guarantee that photographer has an insane amount of weddings that they are working since it's such a popular season and they are probably more focused on shooting all of those weddings and capturing all those moments versus sitting and editing all of those galleries. Mm -hmm. So asking about that turnaround time, what's included, like how do they get you that gallery? gallery, Does that link expire at a certain point? True. Usually they have like a year expiration, two years, sometimes Mm -hmm. unlimited. Do you get a file, a file drive, a USB drive? Yeah. And then like an estimate of how many photos. Usually it's not a set number. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like a range of this number to this number. But what does all of that look like? So that way once you leave, your wedding day once you you know if you come back from a honeymoon or whatever that looks like and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for yeah. sneak peeks for that gallery you have an idea a timeline and an expectation yeah. and something I'll add to that a photographer friend Hannah photography Hannah Morgan here in Chattanooga she told me once and I I kind of quote her a lot because I think this is relevant for you to have some kind of context behind. She's told me, you know, for every one hour that she spends shooting, she spends two hours editing. Mm, so I, I think that. that's something to keep in mind, especially when you're looking at like, why does photography cost what it costs? Mm-hmm. Equipment. It's not just the time they spend on wedding day, but it's the time that goes into the editing, the cost of like film, if they shoot on film, that's super in right now and, mm-hmm. and replacing and keeping their equipment like up to date so I mean that kind of goes into why does it take so long for your gallery to come I don't necessarily think it needs to take six months to a year that's kind of extreme true there are some that do take that long but wouldn't you say like averages around like six to eight weeks yeah unless you're in the height of fall season and just the timing is not ideal for them to edit then Yeah. yeah I would say a very quick turnaround even for a newer photographer that might not have as much in their plate is still going to be like a quick turnaround. is still going to be like six to eight weeks. Yeah. A more standard turnaround is a couple of months, like three yeah. months maybe. And this is also that you just made me think about this. It's a little less, it's definitely less common, but there are some photographers who shoot and don't edit their photos. And that's mm-hmm. also why they might have a quicker a quick turnaround, turnaround time. So I think that's, something I don't think it's a deal breaker but it's something to talk to them about like do you actually edit your photos or do you have an editor who who does all that yeah and I know too I can understand the frustration I mean we've you know both had our our wedding days both had to wait for our photo galleries but you know you want those photos but ultimately you chose that photographer in part for that person for their work their craft how they edit 
And I think understanding an expectation around that timeline is more than valid, but let them do their job, let them edit. And what you said earlier about how long it takes to edit versus just shooting on the day. And that's mm-hmm. not even counting uploading all of that content. Yeah. And then a lot of photographers are super anal and anxious about backup. So when they're mm-hmm. getting home from a wedding, they are often backing up that full gallery into multiple locations yeah. that night. Can't Much take less, hours. That can take hours alone, like just setting all that up and going to sleep and making sure it's backed up numerous places. That way they don't lose that content. And then they do that multiple times throughout the whole process. That way they have retained Mm -hmm. all the different phases of their process but I mean just think about like what kind of computer and hard drive it takes to have that much storage space too true true like this I mean what we're recording on would not cover it do anything no this is almost full as it is (laughs) and they exactly like they put in so much more of their time after whereas us it's the opposite we put in so much work leading up to the wedding Mm -hmm. and then the wedding day is you know the penultimate of what we do and then be a handful of things we might do after a wedding day but it's so minimal in comparison whereas for them sure they might have some questionnaires they might have a consultation you might do an engagement shoot but really the wedding day is the start of Mm -hmm. what you're paying them to do it kicks off everything that you want right so just that balance of you as a client have the right to understand the expectation to agree to it and pay for it or not but also just give them some time Mm-hmm. let them do their job yeah what else do you recommend um, chatting with a photographer or potential photographer about I think a crucial thing if you are wanting a videographer if you already have a videographer booked or that you're about to book is asking your photographer if they've worked with them or not mm-hmm. yeah because if you are wanting more of a full media team you know one or two photographers even one or two videographers having that whole team get along get along <laughs> Definitely don't want tension or this like sense of them fighting yeah. for time, their time, them capturing their content, their, you know, mm-hmm. portraits and moments that they're trying to capture to present you yeah. or the gallery that you want or the video that you want. You definitely don't want that. And unfortunately that can happen, but I think an easy way to make sure it doesn't happen to have your photographer and videographer really work in sync, work at the same pace, be kind to each other, be forgiving time and all of that is to have a photographer's recommendations on a media team if you have not booked a videographer I think that's so crucial and this doesn't apply for everyone again like not everyone gets a videographer for a couple different reasons but yeah yeah. if that photographer I would almost say if that photographer has worked with that videographer and is candid up front about how it's not a good fit Unless the videographer is your higher priority, then I would almost go with the photographer. I would go with the photographer and figure out a different videographer. The way I kind of think about it on a wedding day is that your photographer is leading, the videographer kind of follows. And I don't really know where that stems from or why, but I just think it's kind of the default. And sorry to the videographers because I don't think that it means that they're lesser than the photographer. I just think that like the way video works, the Mm -hmm. way that you can follow an angle versus like photography is like one angle direction that it just kind of has to be that way. And I think like I love that's a good question when we interview photographers yes. and videographers oh, so. we should get just a full media team up here yeah have <laughs> them debate it because I think part <laughs> of it's historically when I think about the weddings I was working when I first started eight years ago 
I mean, like, social media was such a different era. Mm-hmm. Video, like, we're so spoiled now with video. Like, you can go on any social media and just be swamped with. Yeah, it's almost more. It's more. And when I started, like, there was no such thing as posting. I don't even think you could actually post a video on Instagram at that time, eight mm-hmm. years ago. And so, when stories weren't a thing, like, just, so we're so used to now seeing video and wanting video of everything all the time. So, of course, you want a bunch of video for your wedding day. But historically, for decades now, people have hired photographers mm-hmm. to capture their wedding day. And that has just been such a tried and true tradition in the mm-hmm. wedding industry. And, again, less than five years especially since COVID, especially since, you know, TikTok reels, YouTube shorts, all these things have blown up. But you're going to have videography teams become more and more important. But how, yeah. does that, how does that build into like this established thing? Yeah. That's just like a habit almost for yeah. so many vendors. I think it's still kind of being figured out. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. Like a new yeah. routine. Yeah. Are there any last things that you would really want to make sure your clients understand from a photographer before they seal the deal? Spend all that money. Man, this feels like a hard question right now. I think no. You know, when you look at a photographer's guide or package document that they send, sometimes you'll see the word investment. Mm -hmm. And I think you kind of have to think about it that way. It's an investment Mm -hmm. on capturing memories. Like when I look back at my wedding photo album, it's like I'm reliving it. Yeah. A little bit differently than when you watch back the video, I will say. It is kind of different. It's it's a slower pace of remembering or... That's true. And I think that having that captured, you do have to think about it as an investment, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're, I mean, you're investing probably more than you thought you're going to into your photographer, but that's going to be also what you might print out what you might make a book out of, Mm -hmm. you know, how you're going to show your family that's not born yet, maybe. Yeah. What that day was like, you know? So I do think that having the perspective of it being an investment and approaching it from that mindset Mm -hmm. is probably going to help you in making your decision in terms of being okay with what you're spending if you do decide that you can go a little higher on your budget for that photographer you really want yeah what about you yeah I agree because I mean I know we really drove home at the beginning the cautions that we would advise before Mm -hmm. even thinking about a photographer at the end of the day we also know it's incredibly important and we see time and time again clients prioritizing and emphasizing the photographer that they want to book you know like that's why we have so many clients that already have their photographer booked before they even book us or ba- you know basically yeah. have it on the back they've narrowed it down to like one or two based on availability essentially right and we understand that it's an incredibly important decision to make and connecting with your photographer almost despite everything we just advised is probably the most important thing because if you connect with your photographer and trust them to do their job and deliver on you know whatever it is that you've agreed to I agree like this is what you're going to post about what you're going to print an album and keep on your coffee table or like gift to your grandma or yeah you know you're going to reference this album hopefully for the rest of your lives the rest yeah. of your married lives and be able to cherish in those moments and it's so critical to yeah I think what you said at the beginning just slow down and really take your time yeah. to make sure that you understand who you're booking and what you're booking yeah take the time to make the decision in the way that you would any other investment I guess is the way true. of thinking about it true so yeah 
We hope this episode helps you in choosing the wedding photographer that's best for you. Like and subscribe us at the Prelude Podcast. We are on Instagram and on Facebook at those handles. If you can give us a follow and click that notification button so you are always up to date when we drop a new episode. And thanks so much for listening to the Prelude Podcast.